turn to Hebrews chapter 8. Hebrews chapter 8, verse 12. I have a, uh, have had, I'm not sure how, how to put it. One of my professors, uh, for my one of my doctoral classes uh, is Dr. Uh, David Allen. He's the the dean of the School of Preaching at Southwestern. Great preacher, even better uh, theologian, Bible expositor. He uh, it's intimidating. Um, it was intimidating. I've got two parts to the story. The, the first part is he's from North Georgia. Uh, so, for example. Instead of saying cement, he'd say cement. But Hebrews is Hebrews. I mean, he drags it out for like ten minutes when he says it. it's hilarious to to make fun of him when he can't control your grade. Uh, it's not so much fun to do it when he can control your grade. Um, but just since I brought him up, he one of my doctoral seminars was on Hebrews, my New Testament preaching seminar. Two weeks in the summer was on Hebrews, and he was the professor. And he literally wrote the book on Hebrews, the New American Commentary. If you buy the New American Commentary series, the New American Commentary is uh, written by David Allen. So, uh, a little intimidating when we had to get up there and preach a passage from Hebrews to the man who wrote the book on Hebrews. Uh, that that was not enjoyable. And just to sh- tell you how dumb I am, um, before the class even started, we were given a list of scriptures that were uh, choices to preach for that class. And I looked through, and I'm thinking, okay, I want a short one, and I want an easy one. Um, but I don't want it too short. I want it just the right length so I can fill up the amount of time I need to, and then... Um, you know, get a good grade. So I picked what was the first one on the list. Now I'm I'm a little dense because it never crossed my mind I would be the first one to preach. It makes perfect sense that I would be preaching Hebrews chapter two verses one through five or whatever it was, but it just never crossed my mind. So here we are. You know, the first. It was about the fourth day of class that we actually preached. Now I'm preaching the first uh, passage to nobody knows what to expect because nobody's done this before. We're all most of us are new to it uh, anyway, and we've got to preach to the man who wrote the book on Hebrews. And we had now this is the part y'all aren't going to believe. We had to keep our sermon within 31, 32 minutes. I preached a 22 minute sermon that day. No, it hasn't happened since. I figured out what was wrong, uh, and I fixed it by the next time I had to preach. But it, I was like a kid preaching my, I mean, I was like a 17-year-old preaching my first sermon. Uh, it was it, it, greatly intimidating. Um, that has no bearing on what we're talking about tonight, other than when I go to Hebrews, I always think of Dr. Allen in that class. Hebrews 8.12 is our uh, passage tonight, uh, one of our misquoted verses. What we say is, God forgets your sins. And we even do it flippantly. We, we use this verse, uh, Hebrews 8, 12, For I will be merciful to their wrongdoing, and I will never again remember their sins. 
which is really just a quotation of Jeremiah 31, 34, which says, For I will forgive their wrongdoing and never again remember their sin. So you can see where uh, the author of Hebrews got that. Just This is an, another aside. You, you know Hebrews is anonymous, right? We don't know who wrote it. A lot of people thought Paul. Um, Dr. Allen makes an incredibly strong case that actually Luke wrote the book of Hebrews. Uh, the book itself doesn't claim an author. So uh, he, he, he got his PhD in linguistics at University of Texas at Austin. And he studies the the language of Hebrews versus the language of Luke and Acts and comes up with Luke doing it. So, you know, he's smarter than me. I'll go with that one. Uh, Luke did it. But uh, when, when, we, when we use this verse incorrectly, the way we do it is we say things like, that are, that are really kind of, well, I would say goofy, but I don't want to offend anybody in here that may have used this before, so I'll say odd. Um, we'll say things like, yeah, you know, when we, I've heard preachers say something like this, when we bring up our sin to God, God looks at us and says, I don't know what you're talking about. I've never, I, I don't even, I don't have any recollection of that. And he's trying to make a point that we are fully forgiven. And that's, that is absolutely true. But tonight I'm going to prove to you that God does not forget our sins, but neither does He remember them. Well, we're going we're gonna to look at that tonight. Alright, so what it means is, like I just said, the Scriptures never say that God forgets. It says that God will never remember. There is a difference. Especially when we look at the Greek language and get into that a little bit. But first of all, we need to understand something about God. God cannot forget. There, you know, these these are questions that philosophers sit around and argue about. Uh, they ask questions like, "Can God create create a stone so big that he can't even that even he can't move it?" You know, you're you're testing God's power against God's power when you ask that kind of question. And if you start thinking about that. Before too long, your head hurts. Well, God forgetting is that sort of thing as well. To think, of, to to imagine that God could forget, you'd have to say that God makes Himself forget, and therefore God. And you might say that God has the power to make Himself forget. But but we're running into some issues uh, that we're going to cover here in just a second. First of all, God is omniscient. And what that means is God has no future and no past. Time doesn't exist for God. I'm going to, I'm going to make your brain hurt a little bit more. We, uh, I think I've said this before, maybe on a Sunday morning, maybe it was on Wednesday night, maybe on Sunday night, I don't know. We see time as linear. We see it as like a number line. There was a zero point where time began for us, and then we move along this line until time ends for us, and that's it. We can't get outside of that. We can't go backwards only. We can only move one direction. God is not constrained by that timeline, by that number line. God is outside of it. Uh, the way I've heard it uh, said, stated the best, I think C.S. Lewis said it, it's, it's like God. time is a book for God, and he can turn to any chapter he wants to at any point, and being all-powerful, then he can insert himself into the chapter he turns to at, at any point. God is completely outside of time. Okay? If there's no present, 
and then there's no future, or rather, not no present. Well, yeah, there's no there's no past, present, or future for God. It just is. Then you can see how forgetting would be a problem. He can't not be around something. He can't not uh, be uh, aware of something that has gone on or will go on. Go on. That's the first thing that we kind of need to understand about God's omniscience. The second thing that we need to understand about God forgetting, the possibility of God forgetting, is that if I know, yeah, uh, one more up there, uh, uh, Pat, we're not quite to that one yet, that's all right. If I know something that God doesn't know, I know more than God. Does that make sense? If God's forgotten something and I haven't, that, that means I know something God doesn't know. Can I know something God doesn't know? Who's God in that case? Well, that makes me God if I know something he doesn't know. These are all very philosophical questions. So you're going to go home, I hope, scratching your head and not be able to sleep tonight because you got plenty of sleep this morning during my sermon, I noticed. Um, <clears throat> so uh, you, I can't know anything if God doesn't know it. And God can't not know something. Okay? So... We've established that God's omniscient. He knows everything. He can't not know something, and he can't not uh, he, he can't not know something that I do know. Then I'm God. So what does he mean then? If if Luke, if that's if Doctor Allen is right, and Luke wrote Hebrews, uh, and then actually Jeremiah, really, because he's quoting Jeremiah, what do these guys mean when they say that God doesn't remember? Well, we have to redefine what we think of as remember. For us to remember something is uh, to to have not known it, and uh, suddenly it comes to mind again, like your anniversary, men. You forgot, then you remembered suddenly. Oh, that's right. That's what we think of as remembering. But for the Greek, remember actually meant, and this is an English definition, to recall to the mind by an act or by an act or effort of memory. Think of again. So remember here implies that a thing exists in the memory, though not actually present in the thoughts at the moment. Now, do you see the difference? When we say God doesn't remember sins, we translate that, we flip that and say God forgets sins. When in fact, what it means is God no longer brings them to mind. He no longer brings them up. We'll, we'll get to that in just a second. Uh, this is what is called an anthropomorphism. There's a long word for you that'll show up here in a second. Um, anthropomorphism, morph is change. Like you go through metamorphosis, a, a caterpillar goes to a butterfly, metamorphosis, something morphs into something else. Well, anthropos is man. So what we do is when, when we, do an, uh, we, we apply an anthropomorphism to God, we are changing God's divine characteristics into human characteristics so we can understand them better. So we say, we use language to describe God, anthropomorphic language, that makes God a little easier for us to understand. Who, who understands God perfectly right now in here? Okay, good. Uh, we have a lot of honest people. We don't. But in order to understand the way God is, we use human language, because that's all we've got. We try to describe him in ways that he is indescribable. If you don't believe me, try to explain the Trinity. 
Now, we'll use all sorts of analogies, and every one of those analogies will break down, and we'll, we'll try to describe God. I mean, just look at the, how God is described in the Bible. Uh, I mean, he's described everything as everything from a mother hen to a nursemaid to a father to uh, 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 a caretaker, um, uh, a vine, you know, on and on, a shepherd, on and on. These are all images, human images that we use to describe God so we can understand our relationship to him and his relationship to us. Those are all anthropomorphisms. Remembering, using this term of God doesn't remember our sins, is putting something human in there so we can understand. So, he doesn't forget. But you might say, well, yes, but it says he doesn't remember. Let's look at some other scriptures. Genesis 41.51 says that Joseph named the firstborn Manasseh, meaning... God has made me forget all my hardship in my father's house. Now I'll ask you this. Did Joseph delete all of what went on in his father's house from his memory? Did it no longer exist in his memory at all? This is where you answer. That's a hard question to answer because you're thinking if I say yes, that means he did. If I say no, that means I'm not agreeing. Would Joseph have been able to delete the memories from his memory banks? There we go. That was a much easier question to answer. That is right. He couldn't. Did you know that even on your computer, when you go and you've got that file that, that you uh, don't want to, don't need anymore, and you right-click and you get your little menu and you go down, left-click, delete, delete, are you sure? Yes. Do you know that really doesn't get it off of your computer? All you're doing is removing the name so that you can't go to it anymore. But it could still be there from 20 years ago if nothing was written over it. it. Even your computer doesn't forget. It just doesn't recall. You have an inability with the computer to recall it. So Joseph didn't delete these from his memory. Okay, Genesis 30, 22. Then God remembered Rachel. He listened to her and opened her womb. Did God forget and then remember was he wandering along one day and Rachel prayed and he's like, oh, Rachel, my bad. I forgot about you. All right, have a baby. Is that the way we're supposed to take God? Is, it, is he some you know 13-year-old that can't remember to do his chores? That's not a great image for God if that's what it means, if, if we're talking about forgetting when we say remember. Exodus 2.24 so God heard their groaning, and he remembered his covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Did he forget and then remember? These are, at this point now, rhetorical questions, because I think you know the answer that we're looking for. Leviticus twenty six forty two. Then I will remember my covenant with Jacob. I will also remember my covenant with Isaac and my covenant with Abraham, and I will remember the land. Did he forget? Psalm seventy eight thirty nine. He remembered that they were only flesh. A wind that passes and does not return. This one's a little, a little interesting. We, uh, or a little more interesting, maybe. These other verses are him remembering promises. This one, it's almost like he, God had to be reminded of, of how 
wimpy we are, how how fleeting life is. You know, God, he just gets used to being divine and living forever and having no past or present or future. And he forgets that he created humans and we we live within time and therefore we struggle with it and grow old and die. Suddenly it's like, oh, I forgot that I made them mortal. If we take remember to mean the uh, forgetting, the opposite of forgetting. Psalm 89.50, Remember, Lord, the ridicule against your servants. In my heart I carry abuse from all the peoples. Psalm 105.8, He remembers his covenant forever, the promise he ordained for a thousand generations. Ezekiel 16.60, But I will remember the covenant I made with you in the days of your youth, and I will establish an everlasting covenant with you. So, do you agree with me then that in these cases at the very least... Remember does not mean recalling something that was forgotten. Can I at least get you to agree with me there? And then we can move on. Each of these remembers is the same word. The same word that's used in Hebrews. The same word that is then quoted in Hebrews from Jeremiah. This idea of remembering. Does God forget? That should have had a question mark. Does he need to be reminded? No. He doesn't. God doesn't forget anything. God doesn't forget his promises, nor does he forget my sin. God cannot forget. God cannot put outside of his memory banks what has happened. So what's going on? When it says that God will remember, it means he will not call it to mind. And y'all, I think this is more impressive, more beautiful for a forgiven people than God forgetting. Did you ever have a child or know of a child that earned a particular punishment, let's say a spanking, but you forgot to administer that punishment? I have children like that. I was one of those children at one of those, at one time. I now sometimes my children they they finally grew out of this. I, I guess it was because we raised honest kids. Um, they'd remind us next day or or hours later. You know, we're at the mall and in the morning or at the store or something. And when we get home, you are getting a spanking. I'm tired of this. I'm tired of the way you're acting. You just wait till we get home. Well, after I've had five hours to cool off and a couple of meals, uh, we get home and, all right, I'm not going to worry about it. Daddy, are we still going to get a spanking? Really, you'd bring this up. You, you're, 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 they're so worried about it because, you know, they're, they're tired of the suspense. They want to know, let's end it one way or the other. Either I am, let's get it over with, or I'm not. Woo. But let's, you know, they, so usually I just consider the five hours of stress punishment enough and didn't do it. But, you know, <clears throat> that's just me forgetting. That wasn't me necessarily forgiving. Most of the time it was just I forgot to do it. And then once, when, once they brought it to mind, I was like, well, it's not worth it now. Don't worry about it. Go to bed. That's just a forgetful father. That, that's a father who, well, you know, you, yeah, uh, this sounds horrible, but I'm, I guess I'm going to go ahead and say it. You know, I, I had other things on my mind. I wasn't thinking about the punishment you deserve. wasn't thinking about you at all. I was thinking about tomorrow and what we had to do and the money we're spending on groceries because you keep on growing, um, stuff like that. So, uh, you know, 
that is that is an absent-minded father. Is that a comforting God? A God who forgets his covenants to us, forgets his promises, forgets that we're like, what did it say? Uh, only flesh a wind that passes and does not return. I mean, what if one of us gets lost and God's, you know, found dead somewhere on the side of the road and God's, well, oh, that's right, they do. They don't last, do they? You know, it's like a kid with a hamster. Squish, squish, squish. I don't know what happened to it. And that's, that's the image. If, if God is forgetful, that's the image of our God. Careless, forgetful, absent-minded, unconcerned. Does, is, is that at all a picture we get of God from the Bible? No. The opposite is much more wonderful. The fact that he knows what we have done knows the punishment we deserve, especially as believers. This is even more beautiful as as Luke would have been talking about when he wrote Hebrews. Uh, much more beautiful uh, a picture than forgetfulness. It is God saying, yes, I know what you did, but my son, which Hebrews is all about, my son paid for that. That is done. That's ended. All of your sins are forgiven. Therefore, we're going to put those things over here, put them to the side, and I'm not going to bring them up anymore. It's not that I've forgotten what you've done because, you know, anytime I, I, I think I've said this before, too. I don't know if Jesus still feels the pain. I, I, I think his <clears throat> when we get to heaven, I don't know that we're going to have scars and stuff. But I think Jesus still will. I, I, and, and we have that picture after the resurrection of him showing himself to the disciples. And maybe we will. Maybe we'll, we will have our scars. They just won't, you know, I, I don't know. I'm, I've never been there. So I can't tell you what happens when we get there. Um, but clearly when Jesus was resurrected, he still had the scars. Look, Thomas, put your fingers in my hands, in my wrists. Put your, your hand in my side. Um, so I, I, I think possibly, and I think Revelation kind of gives us this image too of the lamb that was slain still, that, that imagery that John wrote about uh we still see him as a slain lamb even though he's whole i don't know how we're going to do that either i'm just telling you what john saw but i wonder if you know no no it would be hard if for those scars to still be there but jesus to forget why they're why they're there and and this is one of those things where i think one day i'm going to preach a series on death uh, I've done it before. It's a, I enjoy preaching it. When we get to heaven, we, we have all these ideas of how we're not going to remember anything on earth and, and all these other things. And I, I don't know about that either because when we see our Savior, are we going to bow down before him and go, wow, that's great. Hey, what happened to your hands, Jesus? Now, I think we're going to know why we are worshiping a slain Savior. And, and there's no guilt. There's no pain. There's no, there are no tears from that sin, but I think we're going to know why we're there and not somewhere else. That's, that's just my opinion. <clears throat> but the, the point I'm making with that is that he knows why we're there too. Jesus knows every, every sin we've committed because he wore them on his shoulders for that time he was on the cross. He bore our sins. Are you going to tell me? Or is, are, 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 is someone going to tell me that Scripture says that Jesus doesn't remember why he was on the cross. I mean, this is how silly it can get if we say God forgets. But instead, God says, I'm not going to bring those up again. You are forgiven. 
And forgiven means I don't bring them up like some parent or, or a friend who constantly, or spouse, that constantly throws up what you've done in your past. If you have anybody like that in your life, or have you ever, doesn't matter what you do good, that's great. But you know what you did 20 years ago? Yeah, I, I see you're nice now, but you weren't nice back when we were eight. You're 88 now, and you're still bringing up how, what I was in eight. Some of y'all, how many of y'all grew up here in Sulphur? I, I know Nadine did, and, and yeah. See, y'all know people right now that you knew in elementary school. Some of them, I hope, are different than, than when you knew them in third grade. If not, we got they got major issues. You know, I understand that. Uh, but... But hopefully, you're not still going to those people and saying, well, yeah, I know you want to help me now, but you didn't give me chocolate milk in the cafeteria when, when all I had was white milk. You know, seriously, that is, that's, that's human. That's flesh. God does not do that. God says, it's done, it's over with, it's past. I will not remember. I'm not going to bring them up. I'm not going to constantly throw these back into your face and say, I know, you know, and, and, and because we're so awful as humans, we, I, I'll, I, won't, I won't disparage y'all in any way. I'll assume y'all are better than me. I tend to commit some of the same sins over and over and over. Y'all find new ones all the time. I don't. I go back to the same ones over and over and over. And I wallow in it. I throw it back up in my face. Oh, here I am again right in the midst of it. Here I am doing what I know I shouldn't do, just like yesterday, just like the day before. I'm right there. <clears throat> and here is where I will say, you know, I will sound a little more uh, preacherly and say that God says, I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, sure, he remembers, but he says, I'm, let's move on from this. You are forgiven. Yes, you need correction. Yes, you need to move beyond it. Yes, you need to repent and, and, and be obedient. You need to show self-control. Y'all, um, that's, that, right now, self-control is, is, is the, the fruit of the Spirit that I am constantly telling myself I need to have. Uh, of the nine, that one's the worst one for me. I tend to say, <clears throat> well, what? If it happens here, it happens here. Or anybody else in that boat with me? Uh, <clears throat> the, the filter doesn't always work. So I have to show self-control. It's just one of those things I've got to work on. God says, I know you do. But we're not going to live back there. I'm not going to bring it up. I don't. I will remember your sins no more. I will not bring those sins up. Not deleting from his memory, but not bringing them up anymore. I like that picture better. I like the fact that God knows who I am and loves me anyway. He's not forgetful. And tomorrow, when I slip up again, he goes, That's right, I knew that about you, but I forgot. Go on, get out of here. That's not him. It's not the way he works. So, rest in the fact that he... he he knows you and loves you anyway. That, to me, is a great picture. I did not plan on getting done this early. I guess it's making up for this morning. Any questions? Any, any comments about that?
Because if you're waiting on some of the other classes, you're going to be waiting, on, waiting a while. Go for it. Well, they're, they're, yeah, I don't, she said when, she's heard growing up that when you get to heaven, your whole life's going to be on a screen and everything you do is going to be covered. There is, something like that is going to happen. We're, we will be judged when we get to heaven. There's a judgment coming for believers. For non-believers, the judgment's right and left, goats and sheep, uh, or sheep and goats, right, left, sheep, goats. Uh, but for believers, there will be a judgment. So there, there will be an accounting. Um, it is. Uh, there's uh, what Paul talks about in is it First Corinthians when he uh, burning be tested by fire, wood, hay, stubble, gold, silver, jewels. Uh, what will be Left is is the, those good things. I think there's going to be, yeah, and at this point we're speculating, so anybody can jump in here and save me if you want to. Um, I, I think there will be a recognition constantly of our unworthiness to be there. Uh, I, I don't I don't think we get to heaven and, and are going to suddenly think, boy, I deserve this. I think the worship, the, the crowns that we lay at his feet and those kinds of things are all a result of understanding why we're there. So there will be some recognition of our former sinfulness. I think there has to be. Now, whether they're going to be individually recounted, um, there's something that's nibbling in the back of my head, that some scripture somewhere that, that I want to say talks about that, but it may... Andy, you coming up with anything? You, you look like you want to say something. No? I was hoping. Maybe that's what it was. Um, but, uh, yeah, I don't know about the movie they're going to show that exactly, but, but there, there's going to be, there will be a, a reckoning and accounting. Um, there'll be an accounting for teachers, for preachers. We will be held to account for what we did and didn't do. Um, so there's, there's something going to happen. I just don't know what exactly. Yes, ma'am. Not that we'll go back in time. Uh, I mean, go get a younger body. They're they're probably basing that on the fact that we get new bodies. But nobody knows what that means. Uh, even even Jesus, uh, what we saw was his resurrected body, but not his ascended body. So I, I don't even know that what we what the disciples saw those forty days after. Uh, the crucifixion or the resurrection is what they will see when they get to heaven. Because we're not told. We're told we will get new bodies, we'll get uh, resurrected bodies. There's going to be some something that occurs. I mean, then you start discussing, well, what about people who have been cremated? 
What about, uh, you know, burials at sea, whether intended or unintended, where, you know, folks get eaten by fish? How How is that going to be a resurrected body? How is it going to work that God's hunting? Well, there's one over in the Indian Ocean. Let me get, you know. We, we have to understand that in a lot of ways, and I don't want to say the Bible, certainly won't say the Bible's all figurative, but it is using language to explain a spiritual, supernatural event in words that we can understand. So a lot of it just gets lost on us. Um, you know, we have the idea that when we die, we, uh, we go to heaven. And our image of heaven is what we get from Revelation. Except that image is the, uh, the new heavens and the new earth. Right now, where we go when we die, to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, the Bible says. But it doesn't say that right now there's streets of gold and all that. That's, that's new heaven, new earth stuff. That's not where are they right now. And, and what are they experiencing right now? Because now there are no bodies. It's, it's, uh, our spirits are with them, but our bodies, clearly, if you've been to a funeral lately, are still here. So, so there are a lot of misunderstandings uh, about that. And, and none of it's really, really clear. I'm, I'm, some of those things I'm going to cover when I preach on death. I, I, a few years ago, I preached on death in October uh, for Halloween. I, I did really dark backdrop on the screen. I mean, just made it really creepy looking and preached on death for like four Sundays. And it was uh, pretty, well, pretty well received. But uh, we'll cover that again. I think it's an interesting series. Right. 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 Well, and and remember in the story, Lazarus never actually talked to the rich man. The rich man could see, and I think this is a great image of hell, rich man could see what he could have had, and then it was the Lord that actually responded to, to the rich man. The rich man could see what he could have had, and I, I think that's one of the terrors of hell, is an understanding of what could have been. I, I could have been with God now. But I also think uh, most folks would, are going to be angry at God for sending them there, not angry at themselves um, once they get there. They're, they're going to blame him as if it was his fault. But, uh, yeah, heaven right now is what Jesus called it was Abraham's bosom. It's a, it's a holding pen. I mean, to, to, to make it real crass, I guess, uh, it's, it's, it's we're waiting on the resurrection. When we die, we're waiting on the resurrection, waiting on Jesus' return. So wherever, whatever heaven is, wherever our spirits go to be with the Lord, I'm confident of that, it's, it's just a temporary place until the new heaven and the new earth. But we've conflated the two somehow. Not now, but... We'll be changed... I have no idea what that means. I don't know that we'll be... We'll never grow old. 
I don't know that we'll look like what we do now. Will we look like we did when we were in our prime? I don't know that I've ever had a prime. So, um, Well, it, it, first thing I'd say is spirits don't have legs. Souls don't have legs. So, you know, his body was still in dirt somewhere. Um, so what she was seeing, eh, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't venture to say. I'm, I'm going to lean toward what, you know, the brain does some weird things as it dies. Um, but, uh, you know, don't want to discount it totally. And I, I know we, I'm certain we probably see Jesus, but... You know, we could see his body. That's the only body we would see right now would be Jesus because he was ascended. Maybe Moses and Elijah, I mean, not of Moses, uh, Elijah and uh, Enoch. You know, they got to go early, too, in bodily form. Uh, but, uh, I, I, you know, I actually, I preach on that when I preach through death, too. I, I talk about that a little bit and folks that have died and gone to heaven and come back and told us about it. But I don't want to give away any surprises there. 